Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning, 25 minutes now to 9. The time, time for your Mediated Conversation this Thursday morning. On Thursday last week, part of the street in the Joburg CBD burst open. Taxis were flown into the air. People ran for cover. But the first reaction of many of the people there was not to offer medical help, but to try and film the event. We see this all the time, and I think we see it literally all over the world. When something dramatic happens, people reach for their phones, they take pictures or videos, and they publish those videos on social media. In one famous case, which I will never forget, two police officers took pictures of a person who had been necklaced and lay in front of them dying. Instead of offering medical help, they took pictures for Facebook. It's almost a universal. It happens around the world, and people who do this must feel as if they are actually acting. They're actually doing something by filming this video and then publishing it. And in many cases, they may be right. Look at the video of the VIP unit officers attacking those motorists. Without that video, it's likely no action would have been taken against them. In other words, that video literally did change the world. So why do people do this and what does it say about our changing world? First this morning, he calls himself a journalist, I would argue he's a social commentator and a watcher of trends, Gus Silber. Then, the impact of all of this on social media. Someone who studied sociology and looks at social media is Ayanda Sishi Wigzel. And then we did have a third commentator, unfortunately, battling to get through to them this morning. I hope they can join the conversation a little later. We start then with Gus Silber. Gus, good morning. Hi, hi, Stephen. Am I right to describe this as a universal? It seems that almost every place that has access to social media sees people coming across an incident and filming it. Yes, absolutely. I think the um, big revolution has been the fact that we all have cameras on our person pretty much all the time. It used to be a very small niche of people who wandered around with cameras, and they were either professional journalists or they were hobbyists or whatever. But now we all have access to an instant image and memory-making device, and it's very impulsive. It doesn't even require thinking. You've got a phone on you, you lift it up, and you shoot a video or an image. It's just something that has become a reflex. It's almost like an extra kind of sense that we've developed. You you use the word impulsive. Um, I'd written the word instinctual. Why, yes. do, why do people do that before they do anything else? I mean, literally, I can almost feel my right hand reaching for my phone just talking about it. That's right. You know, I think there's a, actually a primal reason for it. I think, first of all, our sense of sight is our primary sight. We observe the world before anything else. So if we see something happening in front of us, there's a kind of primal reaction. And I think in a way it kind of takes us back to our original kind of role as, as hunters and gatherers, you know. When we lift our cell phones up and we start taking images, we're kind of hunting and we're gathering. And sometimes, as in the case of these uh, police officers and in many other cases, um, you know, what happens is that evidence is gathered that actually proves very valuable. If somebody hadn't been there shooting, there wouldn't have been evidence. It's just, I think there's a, a kind of a, a sense of like a spectator value. In other words, uh, our first instinct is to be part of the circus surrounding an event. And we have to actually fight hard to, to um, rely on our better instincts, I think, to go and assist at the scene of, of a disaster, for, for instance. So uh, publishing is acting? Putting it on social media is acting? Yes, yeah, in a way. It's being, it's being part of a big drama. It's being part of a circus. You know, I think there's an instinct also to be first. So if you are on the scene and you're the first person to publish to Instagram, to put on, uh, to on Twitter or X, as it's now called, um, that's kind of a little bit of a validation of your role as someone who has a voice and an influence in society. 
And I think on one level, it's a good instinct. On another level, it's obviously a bad instinct because it overshadows what should be our nobler instincts to just get in there and do something rather than stand and observe with a phone in our hand. Um, one of the things that makes us human, Gus, um, and makes us as humans different to other life on this planet is that we help each other. We're social animals. Now, some other animals do that. But if you think of a baby and what makes a baby survive this world when it's pretty helpless, a human baby, it's the cry, right? Yeah. I have children. I know how loud yeah. those cries can be. There's some evidence that cats mimic the cry of a baby to get help, right? Yeah. Is that designed by nature? So it's designed by nature to tell adults the baby needs help. Is this, in a way, the ultimate expression of that? By publishing, we're crying. We're saying we need help. Yes, that's actually a good way of putting it. We are actually kind of drawing attention. You know, I think what's changed in a huge way, there's a famous phenomenon called the bystander effect that is based on a, a case in New York where people just kind of didn't uh, get involved when a woman was being assaulted in the street. And the, uh, the theory back then was that people don't want to get involved, that they'd rather walk by, that they'd rather ignore what's happening. We're having the opposite now. We're having... Uh, the effect of bystanders actively getting involved, but at a distance, at a sort of aloof distance, and recording a scene for whatever reason. So there's this weird kind of reversal of what used to be ignoring, um, and is now kind of uh, involving, but involving at a distance. It's a really interesting psychological phenomenon. What does it say about our relationship with the real world? Instead of helping someone lying in front of us, we're filming them. I mean, there's a conversation around why the virtual world matters, and Maybe you made the point about being first. Um, maybe, is there a little bit of, dare I say it, Gus, a little bit of ego here? Oh, yes. No, there's absolutely an ego. I mean, when you post something, having, having seen it happen in, before you, you very rarely will post it anonymously. You'll post it in a kind of almost like a journalistic way, as in I was here and this is what I saw. I think also this idea of us living in two worlds, I think that line is becoming increasingly blurred. And I think to all intents and purposes, the so-called virtual world of social media and the internet has very much become our reality because we're connected to it. We're literally plugged into it with devices in our hands. It's actually quite hard to wander out into the streets these days without your cell phone. Your first impulse is, oh no, I've left my phone behind. So we're plugged into this reality-making device that makes us kind of uh, uh, no longer you know, living in two worlds. We're living in one combined world, I think. Your phone is more important than your wallet. Your phone is your wallet. <laughs> Gus Silver, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, journalist and commentator. You were there, CFM. It's 19 minutes now to nine the time. I did mention that we had a third guest who unfortunately were unable to make contact with. And in a way, as these things sometimes work out, it does give us a little space to do something we wouldn't normally do in a mediated conversation because someone has phoned in to relate their own experience of this. We do actually have the space in this mediated conversation to do this. Floyd in Midrand. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm well. What happened when you saw something? Why did you pull out your phone? <laughs> no, so, for the very simple reason. Like, I once witnessed an accident right in front of me. I stopped and then I called uh, the number. I'm not going to mention it on air. And then the ambulance services was like, no, they're not, they're not interested, you know. And then I took that video that I took and I sent it to someone, someone sent it, and it went viral. And all of a sudden, there was a response. But what I discussed with him, with, with him do is that there is a good cause for this thing. If you look at service providers, 
if you send, maybe you send an email to the complaints department about something that's genuine and maybe something that you are un- unhappy about, they won't respond quickly. But if you put it on social media, trust me, within an hour, someone would have responded to it. Like, you will see it on Google reviews and on Instagram and things like that. And I think maybe the service providers are losing the touch or maybe all the institutions are not in touch with what a person out there, a person like me, an ordinary mm-hmm. person like me, or maybe yourself, Stephen, is needing in terms of when things are happening. Even when it comes to security, I mean, like if you wanna, if you wanna get the response quickly, put it on social media. Look at the case of of the protection unit that was caught on video. That if you went to the police station, sorry, I mentioned police station, it would have taken a long time. But because it went on social media, it it worked faster. It's like it's, it's like a desperation type of a move as well. But it works for us for now, up until the service providers mm. get together. It's interesting you did that in an emergency situation and there was a response. And I mean, there's the famous sort of, you know, I want to speak to your boss, I want to speak to your manager. You don't say that anymore. You say, I'll go on to social media. Yeah, that was my father's time, you know, when he gets to the bank and he starts screaming and then he stands on a banking hall and then, you know. But these days we don't do that, you know. We we kind of like evolve from that um, matter. Like, I'll just walk out of the bank, not even walk out of the bank, I'll be doing it from home. I'm just going to post it on social media. The minute they get it, it's more like I did exactly what used to happen back in the day. You know, so it's it is just a it's just a way of showing desperation or maybe I need help, mm-hmm. I need assistance. You know, I need something. Someone must respond to this. So in your in your experience, Floyd, this tactic has worked. It's been incredibly powerful, more powerful than anything else you could have done. Yes. I've I've done it before where, you know, I just called I called another radio station, I said, you know what, I've got an issue with a mm-hmm. service provider. Uh, I'll be specific. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention their name. It was an insurance uh, product. And then I said to them, do you mind if I can copy you on the email? Mm-hmm. The minute I copied the direct, uh, uh, the, uh, the producer, you already jumped. I was thinking, yeah. wow, this works. Because they knew that it was going to get on radio, it was going to get on social media. And that's how people, sometimes you just need to light up the fire. Yeah. Bottom, and then that's that's what social media is doing right now. Nobody can ignore social media and videos that people take and stuff like that because that works for now. Yeah. But the message to the service providers and institutions and people that are dealing with, that are in key positions, they need to understand that there's something that they're missing. Floyd and Midran, thank you very much indeed. Yep, interesting to see how that plays out. We have a voice note on this issue as well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Stephen. It is very risky to interfere in a fight of two people, more especially if those people are in a position of firearms, knives, etc., etc. Uh, things may turn around. You may find yourself in a bad position. So once you can take a video, that video, it can help the police when they do their investigation or the arrest. Thank you very much. All right. Dao, Pinville, Zone 9. All right, from Pinville, thank you. Tabo and Kronstadt, good morning. You've also taken videos. No, Stephen, I, I just want to talk about this situation because where the company where I was working, they went there, they, they test us our right and left quarton brain to say somebody with a left quarton brain, when you see some injuries and incident, it's very dangerous, you know, 
critical situation is running away. He doesn't even stand yeah. and look, even to take photos now. This is very important, Stephen, the, 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 what you are talking about. That uh, My uh, input to this is so that uh, we must go deeper in this situation. Will you be able to can assist? Don't run away. You can take photos. For me, Stephen, before uh, I was ta- going through that course, it, it was very difficult. One day I saw the bike he was rolling. It was on December. I ran away. Even if not take a mm. ran away because it was very bad, Stephen. But I, I like what you are saying. But let us put more efforts to can encourage people uh, to, to, to help when they see incident like that. They must not take a photo and leave everything like that, Stephen. Tabo yeah. and Kronstadt, thank you very much indeed. In a moment, your mediated conversation will continue on this issue. Why is it that the first thing we do is reach for our phones? We don't help the people in front of us when we see an important incident. I understand Sishi Wigzel is next. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continuing your Mediated Conversation this morning. Why do people reach for their phone when they see something rather than trying to help? Ayanda Sissi Wigzel is a journalist and commentator, also someone who spends a lot of time on social media. Ayanda, good morning. It's a great pleasure to welcome you back to SAFM Sunrise. Good morning, Stephen. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. There's clearly a pull that social media has. When something like this happens, it's right in the front of someone's mind to pick up their phone and publish it. It's a very powerful pull. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As you um, heard Gus talking about the psychological pull of wanting to be a part of a story, and especially if it's a huge story, if it's something that has the potential to go to go viral. But there's also another aspect um, to people taking videos on social media because there's a monetary aspect to that. We must remember that now in the age of social media, especially in the way um, that algorithms work, especially if you are an, an account that is now verified, you can actually get money um, from, from, from this content that you're putting out on, onto these social platforms. So the more views that you get, um, the more money that you can, the, the more money that you can receive. But also media publications can buy um, this, this content from the people who are shooting and obviously because it doesn't belong to them and they were not there on the first scene. So there's also this level of competing um, because as, as you heard previously when Gus was, was talking about the fact that now people um, have fashioned themselves kind of like as, as citizen journalists. So they're also being there, um, being the first people on the scene. It's also something that... that that really matters. There's an ego that 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 is attached to this as well, because then we can go on social media platforms and say that yes, I was the first person on the scene. Yes, I saw this happen. But also, I wanted to just say as well that this is definitely a, a double-edged sword because on the other end of it that okay cool yes we have um people who are taking these images um and and they are sharing them but there's also a level of trauma that can happen especially to the victims who are who who the, the ones who where violence has been perpetrated on them and seeing this happen over and over again um especially across all social media platforms and then thousands of people are viewing this trauma this 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 can have a very heavy effect on 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 victims but the other end of this is that honestly without people taking video and without mass media they're things that we just would not know about this goes back to civil rights movement in in the usa if it wasn't for journalists being there and taking photos of 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 of, of leaders being attacked by dogs and and being and, and being hit with with water hose pipes during those protests we would not have known about the civil rights movement but let me take it back even further when we're looking at images of emmett till who who was lynched in the south we see that that sparked off the the, the civil rights movement 
in the United States because of that of, of, of that mass media. But when you bring it back down home, um, I'm talking about um, the Rand Revolt of 1922, when we see um, the Smuts government release um, the military on protesting citizens. And we see um, thousands of, of people, I believe hundreds of people um, died that day. And we see those images of protests. And then when we move to 1970, um, 1976, um, well, first the Sharpeville massacre, uh, um, of, of, of the 60s and then um, when we move on to, 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 to the Soweto protests as well, we can see that mass media and images really can change things. But now when we move on to the video age, if we remember the Rodney King beatings that happened in the United States in the 90s, we see police brutality and violence and nobody would have believed the black community to say that the police are heavily are, 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 are heavily policing in, the, in those neighborhoods and, they, and they're using racist tactics to profile black people if it wasn't for these videos that we are seeing time and time again, Eric Gardner, um, Rodney King, Mike M Mike Bryan, uh, Philando Castile, here in South Africa we see images of people um, being 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 beaten um, by 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 police. We've seen the VIP protection. So of course it's a double-edged sword um, when it comes to 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 mass media and to producing these videos. And of course we've seen the images of unfortunately of of of, of AKA dying on the side of 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 a pavement in Durban and. That was in full view of everybody to see through the CCTV footage that was, again, released because that means that somebody actually held a phone to that screen and released that footage that otherwise would not have been seen. So these are the these are the examples of what mass media and what people taking videos can do when it comes to swaying society. I mean, certainly Rodney King would have been a completely different story. That was the video camera age um, mm. without it. Um, what does it say about us as humans that we feel powerful by being on social media? There's a level of euphoria that comes in, and I'm sure um, um, psychologists can speak to, 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 to what happens in the brain. But I can speak about the euphoria that comes on being on social media. We check the numbers to see how many people have viewed our posts, how many people have viewed our WhatsApp status, how many people have viewed our Facebook posts, have people been watching my videos? Because we get a rise out of that. We get satisfaction out of that. We get happiness out of that. That, that, that speaks to us mattering. It goes back to what Gus was talking about. It's, it's, it's an ego. It's I want to be a part of the story, not just reading the story, but I actually want to be a part of the story because then you become a part of history. You become a part of this viral moment that has changed the fabric of society because people will then be talking about it and will be referring about it um, Probably for the next couple of years, uh, we still are referring to some viral videos that have happened as as far back as 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 2013. They're still coming up right now. So I think it really is about wanting to be a part of the story, wanting to be a part of of, of what is happening, but then also absolving responsibility. So we're also still talking about the bystander effect here, and what the bystander effect is is basically you're seeing something happening, and you know that you can take part in order to even help or stop what is happening, but you're absolving that responsibility of saying, you know what, I may have witnessed this event, but I, I, I don't think that I have it in me to take responsibility to help this person. And unfortunately, this is part of the human condition. And we've seen this, unfortunately, this 
this this was um, investigated in 1960 in 1964 with the murder of Kitty Gino Vase, where there were witnesses many witnesses who saw this woman being stabbed in the united states but they did nothing because when asked by the police why didn't you call the police mm. why didn't you investigate and, and and ask for help they said that unfortunately i thought my neighbor was going to do that so it's also about absorbing responsibility while still being a part of the story as well um is there a withdrawing from the real world that if something happens to me walking down the street uh, someone might film it but no one will stop it absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes again to what I'm saying is that people would rather absolve the responsibility of stepping in and helping in order to protect themselves. And I don't blame people for doing that. In an example, in an example I can use, if, if, if the person who was videotaping um, the, the, the VIP protection unit um, assaulting that man uh, who, 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 who was allegedly left unconscious on the road, what would have happened to him? Would his life be put in danger if he went and confronted those people? So it's also about a matter of are we going to protect ourselves to make sure that that doesn't happen on us? Another example of that is people who um, receive videos all the time in the CBD of people being mugged and, and their cell phones being taken in full view in front of people but nobody is stepping in to actually say hey robbers don't do that don't mug that person or vimbani you know in order to get in, in order to 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 stop those robbers but people just let it happen because it's not happening to them and if it's not happening to them then it's got nothing to do with them and unfortunately that is the human condition that most people would rather would rather not help but some people would help and there's actually experiments and papers mm-hmm. um that have written um have written about 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 this if you look on on jstor for example um television cell phone and, and social justice, a historical analysis on how video creates social change. Um, on JSTOR, this article was been fantastic in speaking about how it is that that people um, actually absolve um, responsibility, whereas a, a small a small group of people actually wants to 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 help in an experiment about about the bystander effect and why is it that humans would rather choose to protect themselves. Ayanda, thank you, Ayanda Sishi Wigsell. Nice to talk again. Uh, a freelance journalist, also someone, of course, who's been following this issue on social media for some time. My thanks also to. Gus Silber, the uh, journalist and editor and author. Well, we will be back with you tomorrow from Mdu, Stanza, Zelma, Banyana, myself. Look after yourself. It's Thursday. You're with SFM leading the conversation. It's nine o'clock.